Hello and welcome to Talk To Me, the podcast where we tell you all about it. My name is Caitlin and I'm joined here with... Keegan. And Nicola. And today on this podcast topic, we are going to be talking about the infamous CAMS. So, what is CAMS? Uh, It stands for Child and Adolescent... Child and Adolescent Mental Health Service, um, which was created in order to help young people to deal with mental health. However, although the idea seems good on paper, um, there's a bit of a controversy when it comes to CAMS. The main one is most notably the waiting list, the infamous waiting list that everyone absolutely loves. (laughs) (laughs) CAMS have stated that their waiting time after a referral, if it's urgent, it's done within two weeks. If it's just routine, it's done within nine weeks. Does anyone want to take a guess of what the average time was in September in 2020? No idea. Five weeks. Well, the average waiting time in September 2020 was 26 weeks. Oh my god. Oh. And this is for people that really need like help, you know? Yep. Wow. And there was 2,887 young people waiting at that time, which makes the CAMS waiting list the highest figure of all NHS boards. Jesus. Yep. Especially what's, what's been going on like the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, people are really in need, you know. Uh, and obviously because lockdowns happen and mm-hmm. no one in our generation has really went through that. Mm-hmm. Um, that obviously has caused some issues uh, in regards to mental health. And during the first lockdown, Obviously, referrals have increased, as you'd imagined. When was the first lockdown again? March until, like, August. March until August, wow. Sometimes. And while referrals were increasing, a rate that stayed stubbornly high was actually the amount of referrals that were rejected by CAMS. So, basically, referral is when people will go to their doctors in regards to issues they're having mm-hmm. and then their doctors or GP will basically just say, I'm going to give you a referral to go to CAMS. Mm-hmm. And the amount of rejected referrals since the first lockdown um, took up 23.2% of the total referrals made. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just ask you, have you been to CAMS personally? Yes. Right, okay. I have. What was that like? Um, Well, I first went when I was 12. um, Due to kind of anxiety I was having, just stuff like that. Um, And I went, the appointment was fine, talked to uh, a psychiatrist about it. Uh, She was really nice. And then it got to the end of it. And after I'd opened up about everything, I got... I got told something that was very bizarre. I got a referral for a different place instead um, to get an assessment to see if I possibly had Asperger's, which is completely different from mental health. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you're sitting opening up about yourself and you know saying that you've got, you're suffering really yeah. with anxiety and then you know you're being told that you could possibly have something else. And oh yeah, no, it just it opened a new door at the age of twelve. Another anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> age twelve, not knowing anything about anything, um, hearing this and it was uh, it was definitely a, an experience. We'll we'll put it that it definitely an experience and went to get the assessment done and then they turned around this was like a year later went and got the assessment done and turned around they were like no it's mental health it's definitely mental health you're getting another referral to cams mm-hmm. i was like okay mm-hmm. hold on so went at the age of 12 had to wait a year to get this done and i'm being put on the referral list which, as we've noted, isn't exactly the greatest thing to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was on that. It's great. Um, so can I just ask you, how did you cope during that time, like of having to wait? Did they not speed anything up for you? No. Um, I had to wait years to eventually get there, and it took ap- appointments to the doctors for two more things. To finally get my referral pushed, uh-huh. and so do you think that your doctor kind of failed you in that in that way? I wouldn't say the doctor so much because they were putting in the referrals, and that's the thing. GPs do put in referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll send it off to cams. It's just a case of waiting on hearing back, and the thing is, they do kind of leave you in the dark a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That was great, and it wasn't until last year, October, at the age of 16 rather than 12 when I first went, that I finally got something done, and it actually went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was lucky enough to be put with a good psychiatrist who knew what he was talking about. Yeah, did you think you got the help that you needed then? Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and it was just, now thinking about it, it was so weird, because I'd waited four years for this, only for it all to be done in six months, which kind of begs the question, obviously people get it done in different amount of times, but it begs the question, why does it take so long to get off the waiting list? Mm-hmm. Um, and a main reason that um, they've spoke out again, uh, spoke out about the NHS, um, simply the fact that funding Funding isn't great and it's more difficult. Obviously, one of the most taboo things about mental health is that you can never really determine whether a person has it. Because mm-hmm. it's not like it's physical. Yeah. So CCAMS, is that through the NHS or is that a charity-based thing? It's through the NHS. It's through the NHS, okay. Um, so yeah, it's... With mental health, you can't physically see it like if you can't really tell a person has anxiety unless you talk to them mm-hmm. you can probably tell if someone's missing a leg yeah, you know the physical things are totally yeah, different too. Mm-hmm. the physical things are a lot easier to identify most of the times mm-hmm. but if it's mental or like some kind of internal health issue then it's obviously a lot more difficult mm-hmm. um so funding isn't the greatest when it comes to helping mental health which which is a shame because it means that people that are having to wait 
the 26 or 52 or over a year to get into CAMS is just not getting the support they need and depending on the situation they might not be able to cope. I was lucky enough to have people around me that were supportive but not everyone has that so yeah, and, and, and really you know for a lot of people it could be too late you know people exactly just feel like there's no way out and you know it's not it's not good yeah and you think as well with everything that's been going on with the whole covid situation that they would have more people working on these things a hundred percent like these things are, are vital, especially for younger people. Older people have more experience, you know, they went through more things in their yep. life, so they can, not everyone, but possibly a lot of people can cope a little bit better yeah. through the experience, whereas when you're new to feeling having things like anxiety or depression or um, panic attacks, you know, these things are like, whoa, you know, is, am I going to die, you know, is my life yeah. over, you know, and you just don't know until you speak to other people, and I think it's really important for these things to have a good... Um, a good like return time on like waiting lists and stuff yeah, and definitely. having things happen really quick especially if someone's really suffering uh-huh. so did you, did you think that after seeing this person this new psychiatrist over that six month period of time was there a resolve? yeah did you feel better? how do you feel now? I've, I'm definitely feeling a lot better although you'll still get days where it's difficult and trying to cope with anxiety and stuff like that but if you find the right person and you talk to them, the best thing they can do is to give you advice and help you to find that solution, which is a great thing about CAMS, is that they're able to do that if you get good, uh, put with a good psychiatrist. Obviously, there's some that maybe don't have the best tactics. Like The amount of times I've had to be talking to a psychiatrist on the phone and specify that meditation has not worked for me, please don't tell me to just do meditation. Some people need a wee bit more invasive. Like yeah. Some people need like a, what do they call it? You know, when they get everyone together and actually, what's, what's the word I'm trying to use here? Not, mm. not an interrogation, but like no, a... Like a kind of intervention an almost. Intervention. That's yeah. The That's the word, an intervention to really go, right, listen, we need to turn the corner here. You know? Yeah. Really and sometimes, sometimes yoga and meditation just isn't that intervention. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's, I think as well, it can be something as simple as talking about how you feel and someone else going, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. The same things happen to me. Then you don't feel as much as a, a burden or weight on your shoulders. Do you uh, know what I mean? Definitely. Do you know what I mean, yeah. Have you kind of went through any of that type of stuff? It wasn't anywhere near as bad as what you got. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly there's different experiences because like, I like went to like CAMS to like get diagnosed with autism. Mm. That only took like in between different like referrals about six months like the first time it took a little while i'm not sure exactly how much but in between like the first diagnosis and the second diagnosis yeah it took about like six or seven months yeah but and i found out a few months later after my mum that i was diagnosed with autism so yeah i didn't like clearly like it's a thing about just getting diagnosis out of the way and not actually take tackling real problems yeah mm-hmm. and it's, I think the worst part was getting the wrong diagnosis at the start. Mm-hmm. So that that threw me into a loophole. Because yeah. as I said, age 12, I don't know anything about the world. And I'd never, obviously, heard of autism and that. But I'd never looked into it. Because I never thought, 
I'd experienced anything like it and I'd never heard of Asperger's yeah. and then being told that I had this, it was... Do you know what? I've heard other people talking about, what's it, what's it called? Asperger's. Asperger's. I've heard of it before but I don't actually know what it is. I think it's the difference is like Asperger's is meant to be like. Is that a form of autism? Yeah, but yeah. It, I don't I don't want to say a worse version, but okay. like, oh, how can I word this? It's like, like people with autism like it varies more. Okay. Like I'm I'm quite mild with my autism. Like I, like I I'm capable of a lot of stuff. Like there's some things that I can't get the hang of, and there's some things that I'm actually better at. Okay. But um, Asperger's is more like serious I think mm-hmm. like there's more to it also the name is apparently offensive but that's a whole other road yeah okay. yeah cool. I think that's the only difference is that Asperger's is more like impactful right okay uh-huh. than mm-hmm. autism because like autism can vary between just like uh, having male to like not being able to do maths right, okay. to like needing like serious help with like day to day things that everybody else can do yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely part of getting that that wrong diagnosis at the start was because one of the good parts about when you finally get to CAMS after two weeks, nine weeks, three months, six months, four years, however long it is, Mm -hmm. is finally getting that diagnosis and being told this is what it is you have. Now we can find steps to working on it. So I was like, great, I've got this thing, um, I'm going to be able to look into it, find out how to fix it. And then I went for the assessment and it was something completely different. Mm-hmm. And I think in that moment, at the age of 13, my world just shattered. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I was glad that I had eliminated this thing, so I knew it definitely was not that. But then it just led to more questions than answers. And I knew I had to go through the whole process again. And by that point, I was just drained. Mm-hmm. And as well, have you heard of a thing called health anxiety? Where you worry... And it, it's so funny because it's like yeah. a double-edged sword. You know, you're you're already going through something and then you find out you're something else. And it's like, I'm already anxious, you know, and this has made me, you know, and you're, you're worrying more. So yeah. I think for what you went through with having that early diagnosis, well, wrong diagnosis, that, you know you'll go online and you'll research things and oh. how can I tackle this? And, you know, it's actually not even the right thing that yeah. I used you with, you know, and then you're worrying about something completely different. So that's that's rough, Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, obviously there's many, like, other people like here that are going to be listening to, you know, this podcast. Yeah. And, um, that can identify with what you've went through. Yeah, you know, definitely. And, and yourself as well, Keegan. Yeah, because according to Public Health Scotland, there's currently... Or as of last year, there was fifty three point five percent of young people in Scotland were still waiting to be seen by CAMS, and obviously that's people between the ages um, of like very young, early in their childhood, uh, up to eighteen years old. Only issue with that is that sometimes people in between the ages of sixteen to eighteen won't be seen unless they're in full time education for some services. So, for whatever reason, if people are between 16 and 18 and not in full-time education, maybe because of their mental health issues, they're less likely to be seen. 
it's almost like a punishment, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like you must have all of these things in the criteria. Yeah. If you don't match them, then we can't help. Yeah. Um, when I was 17, I went to a place that was similar, like from where I live, but it was called Stepping Stones. Mm. And it's like a counselling service to help with, like, you know, mental health as well. And I had to wait six months to be seen. And um, I went I went for the, not the interview, but, you know, I went to go and, like, see the person that was going to be um, dealing with my case and stuff. And... Um, it was just like an interview and I didn't realise the person that I'd opened up to wasn't actually going to be the person that like the psychiatrist that I was going to be yeah. speaking to and I was like, Oh my god, I've just told you I've just told you quite a lot of personal information and you're just telling me that you need to put me off to someone, oh this is who this is you're gonna be your counsellor or Yeah. You know, and I was like and then you know what you said about oh yeah, so just maybe you can try meditation or you can try this and you go, come on, <laughs> you know, like, it's, that's not the, that's not what I need. I just need to really speak to someone and, yeah. like, a, a professional's opinion. So uh-huh. as it's very frustrating. Um, but the one that I went to was a charity. So mm. things like funding weren't great. Yeah. Either, but I think it's, it's different on your, like, for your... The stuff you went through, I think it's different because that was through the NHS, whereas, you know, they're paid yeah. millions, millions, trillions, you know, um, for these services. And it's like, these people are still getting paid at the end of the day. But yeah. we, Jimmy, down the road, or we, you know what I mean? If they don't get seen, they could end up losing their life through, exactly. mm-hmm. through not having the right support and help. So yeah. what, do you, what kind of advice would you give to young people out there that, um, that are maybe going through mental health issues that, you know, you've went through... What, what would you what would you say to them? Well, for people that whether you've got or you're supposed to have a referral to CAMS or not, um, and maybe you're waiting to get help and it just feels like it's taking too long and you're losing hope, best thing is just to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a professional or not, whether it's friends, family, teachers, I know it sounds like cliche, but it could be helpful. Mm-hmm. And also there's plenty of like hotlines and support lines um, that it's just a, a Google search away. So a lot of the time I used to look up ones. Um, the main one I used was one called Shout because cause of my anxiety, I find it difficult to talk on the phone to people. But this one, if you text a number, it basically is a texting one instead of phoning, which could the, be helpful. Do you know the text number? Um, That's okay. We can we can do something later on. Yeah, we can maybe add that to it. Yeah. So good. Cool. Yeah. So just about speaking speaking to someone that you th- you know you feel you can trust and opening up is the first step, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for tuning in to talk to me. Come back next time for more topics, and we'll tell you all about it. <laughs>